Hello dear listeners, welcome to Mouchtar FM today. I'm Florian on this free topic program and I'm with myself again. I think this month I will be alone for a very, very numerous of program, but it's okay for me. Um, and today we will speak about something that I love also. No, we don't speak about sports or video games today, but we will just look up the sky and see something not how can I say that not our sun but the other stars of the galaxy or the universe or the other object of the universe like the nebula galaxies like I said black hole or planets and for this topic I, I choose some very particular object in our universe some strange some beautiful some unknown um this kind of object but let's first with the most common things in the universe the stars with the planet also it's uh, it's also the most common things but stars so what is the star at the beginning a star is astronomical i just precise this topic will be very informative uh, and i will try to describe everything that i Uh, that that we got because it's very complicated and astrophysician and astrophysics in general is very complicated to understand so uh, this topic will be very informative also so like I said a star is an astronomical object consisting of a luminous spheroid of plasma held together by its own gravity the nearest star to earth is the sun obviously many of the stars are visible or to the naked eye at night but due to their immense distance from Earth appears as fixed point of light in the sky. The most prominent stars are grouped into constellation and asterism. And many of the brightest stars have proper names. Astronomers have assembled stars catalogs that identify the known stars and provide standardized stellar designation. The observable universe contains an estimate 1022 to 1024 stars but the most are invisible to the naked eye from earth including all individual stars outside our galaxy the milky way i will speak about the milky way later i think a star's life begins with a gravitational collapse as a gaseous nebula of material composed primarily of hydrogen along with helium and trace amounts of heavier elements The total mass of a star is the main factor that determines the evolution and eventual fate. For most of its active life, a star shines due, due to a thermonuclear fusion of hydrogen into helium on, in its core, releasing energy that travels the star's interior and then radiates into other space, outer space. At the end of the star's lifetime, its core began becomes a stellar remnant, a white dwarf, a neutron star, or, if it's suitably massive, a black hole. Almost all naturally occurring elements heavier than lithium are created by stellar nucleosynthesis in stars of their remnant. Chemically enriched materials is returned to the interstellar medium by stellar mass loss or supernova explosion, and then recycled into new stars. Astronomers can determine stellar properties including mass, age, metallicity, chemical composition, variability, distance, and motion through space by carrying out observation of a star's apparent brightness.
spectrum and change it in position in the sky over time. Stars can form orbital systems with other astronomical objects, as in the case of planetary system and star system with two or more stars. When two much stars have relatively close orbits, their gravitational interaction can have a significant impact on their evolution. Stars can form part of much larger gravitational bound structures such as a star cluster or galaxy. So this is the definition of a star, basically. And now we will see some particular stars. So the first one, I think we I think it's possible to make bigger, but right now it's the biggest. So Stephenson 218, also known as Stephenson 2, DFK1 or RSGC218, it's very complicated for the names sometimes, it's a red supergiant or red hypergiant star in the constellation of Scutum. It lies near to the open cluster Stephenson 2, which is located about 6,000 parsecs, so it's around 20,000 light years away from Earth into Scutum Centaurus arm of the Milky Way galaxy. And it's assumed to be one of the group of the stars of similar distance. It's possibly among the largest known stars and one of the most luminous red supergiants, with a possible radius of around 2,150 times that the Sun which would correspond of the volume nearly 10 billion times than that of the Sun. If placed at the center of the solar system, its photosphere could be potential engulf the orbit of Saturn. And if you can't represent how much is it, it's very, very huge. For example, it's for our, the distance between us and the Sun is around 150 million kilometers but for Saturn I think this is maybe we count, we count in billions kilometers for this one and you have a stars that just the radius is the orbit of Saturn so it, the, the size of the stars is very amazing but it's not the heaviest because RMC 13 136A1, usually abbreviated to R136A1, is one of the most massive and luminous stars known, at 215 solar mass and nearly 6.2 billion luminous, or lux, I think it's lux. And it's also one of the hottest at around 46,000 kelvins. So for the kelvins, this is the true scales for the temperatures um, is very hot. Basically, we can say it's very, very hot. So this star is a Wolfriot star at the center of the Air 136, the central concentration of stars of the large NGC 2070 open cluster in the Tarantula Nebula. We will, I think we, can we will speak about this one also in the end in the large Magellan Magellanic cloud. The cluster can be seen at the far southern celestial hemisphere be with binocular or small telescope. Um, at magnitude 7.25, Air136A1 itself is 10,000 times fatter and can be only be 
resolve using spect spectral interferometry. It's very complicated, but the things that you need to remember about this star, this because this is the, the heaviest stars in the universe. Not the heaviest objects, but the heaviest stars. And it's very important to say the stars because you will see some other things in the universe are more, more, more heavier. And now we we will go to another one. Um, this one we saw the how can I say that the biggest, the heaviest. But no, now we will see the oldest. So uh, I will say all the numbers, but uh, the the star have a nickname, and I think I will use the nickname after. So SMS. SMSS G O three one three zero zero point dot three six six seven zero eight three nine dot three. This is the name of the stars, also named Matusalem. Is the star is the Milky Way at the distance of six thousand light years around? It's very long. It's very far away. With the edge of approximately. 13.6 billion years, it's one of the oldest stars known. Another star, HD140283, is considered to be older, but there is uncertainty in value of the age. It makes Matusalem the oldest known star with an accurate determination of its age. The star from only about 100 million years after the Big Bang, and it has been shining for 13.6 billion years. It's it's amazing to see this the longevity of one stars like this. It's truly amazing because this is something that maybe we didn't we will we will not find a stars older than this one. And now we will go in a new part of stars, a neutron star. And I think you need to know what is a neutron star. So a neutron star is a collapsed core of a massive supergiant star, which had a total mass between 10 and 25 solar mass, possibly more if the star was especially metal-rich. Except for black hole and some hypothetically objects, for example white hole, quark stars, or strange stars, neutron stars are the smallest and densest currently known class of stellar objects. Neutron stars have a radius in order 10 kilometers and a mass about 1.5 solar mass. So it's very, it's very small and it's very heavy. They result from the supernova explosion of a massive star combined with a gravitational collapse that compressed the core past with white dwarf star density to that an atomic nuclei. And for this one, I will speak about the most heaviest neutron star. So the name is almost impossible to say because it's P is PCR G0348 plus 04234. Oh, I think I would win in, in game at the end. So it's a pulsar white, white dwarf binary system. It's discovered in 2007 with the radio, National Radio Astronomy Observatory, Green Banks Rubber, in 2013, a mass measured for the this neutron star was announced around two mm, solar mass. This measure was done with a combination of radio timing and precise spectroscopy of the white dwarf companion. 
This is the slightly higher than, but statistically undestacable from the mass of this neutron star, which was measuring using the Shapio delay. This measuring confirmed the existence of such a massive neutron star using a different measuring techniques. The notable feature of this binary pulsar is the combination of high neutron star mass and short orbital period, 2 hours and 27 minutes, that allowed a measurement of the orbital decay due of the emission of gravita gravitational waves. So this is the end for only the stars. But right now we have black holes and I just look the time and I don't know if I will make everything, but we will see. So what is the black hole? Except some big vacuum in the space. So a black hole is a region of space-time where gravity is so strong that nothing, no particles or even electromagnetic radiation such as lights can escape from it. The theory of general rel relativity predicts that a sufficiently compact mass can deform space-time to form a black hole. The boundary of no escape is called the event horizon. Also, it has an enormous effect on the fate and circumstances of the object crossing. According to the general relativity, it has no locally defectable features. In many ways, a black hole acts like an ideal black body. It reflects no light. Moreover, quantum field theory is curved space-time predict that event horizon emits Hawking's radiation, with the same spectrum as a black body of a temperature inversely proportionally to its mass. This temperature is in a in the order of billions of Kelvin for black hole of stellar mass, making it essentially impossible to observe directly. Objects whose gravitational field are too strong for light to escape were first considered in the 18th century by John Mitchell and Pierre Simon Laplace. The first modern solution of the general relativity that would characterize a black hole was found by Karl Schwarzschild. Oh, this name is so complicated, Karl Schwarzschild, in 1916. And his interpretation as a region of a space from which nothing can escape was first published by David Finkelman, Finkelstein in 1958. Black holes were long considered a mathematical curiosity. It was not until the, the 60s that theoretical works showed there were a generic prediction of general relativity. The discovery of a neutron star by Jocelyn Bell Bernal in 1967 sparked an interest in gravitationally collapsed compact objects as a possible astronomical, astrophysical reality. The first black hole known is such as Cygnus X1, identified by several researchers independently in 1971. Black holes of stellar mass form when very massive stars collapse at the end of their life cycle. After a mass black after a black hole has formed, it can continue to grow by absorbing mass from surrounding, by absorbing the other stars or, and merging with other black holes, supermassive black holes of millions of solar mass may form. There is consensus that supermassive black holes exist in the center of most galaxies. And now we will see some, only two, because for me this is the two mm, not biggest but uh, interesting su uh, super, uh, super black hole and black hole for me. And spoiler, the black hole of our galaxy, Sagittarius R star, is not on this one. 
but you know the name of our black hole in our galaxy. But this one, the first one is M87 stars. And I maybe you already heard about this one because it's quite famous right now. It's the supermassive black hole located in the center of the supergiant elliptical galaxy M87. It's the first is it it's the first black hole to be imaged by VLBI infer interferography or oh, this oh, oh, oh. please the scientific please can you just simplify the the some terms because it's very complicated so you need to understand that this is the first black hole that we got an image a photo on the 10th of april 19 2019 by the Event Horizon Telescope team. This black hole has an estimate mass between 6.5 billion solar mass. It's one of the largest black holes for this type of object. This diameter is of its Event Horizon is 38 billion kilometers or 254 unit astronomical unit or 1.5 light days. So the size is so big that the light needs one day, almost one day and a half to make, to cross all the event horizon of the black hole. Or about three times the diameter to the average Pluto orbit also. And we see, you can say, okay, this black hole is a very, it's a monster, but compared to the next one, it's very, it's nothing. So ton 618, it's a very distant and very bright quasar, technically hyperluminous, with a broad absorption spectrum and emitting powerful infrared waves. Located near the galactic North Pole, in the constellation of the Huns, 10.4 billion light years from Earth. It contains the largest and the most massive black hole known to date, with more than 66 billion times the mass of the Sun within the radius of 1,300 1, astronomical units, so about 180 billion kilometers. Uh, I don't know how many solar systems you can fit inside this black hole, but it's very, very huge right now. And uh, this is the most heaviest black hole and the biggest black hole also ever known. So now we will go for some planets. And um, how can I say that? Uh, I think... Did, did I really need to give you the definition of what is the planet. I think everyone know what is the planet. Everyone know the all the planets of our solar system like Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus and Neptune. And if you count Pluto also, but Pluto is not is not considered like a planet anymore. So and you have two types of planets. You have uh, telluric planets, so like Earth, Venus, Mercury, and Mars, Mars, and you have the gas planets like Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. And you need to know the both because um, for some planets you need to know which one is the maybe gas type or telluric type. So. The first one, I think this one uh, is for the collectioner of diamond. So, 
55 country E. I, this is the name of the planet. I don't. I'm not the designer, and I don't. I'm not the father to give the name of the planet. So it's an exoplanet orbit of the of its sun-like host star 55 country A. The mass of the exoplanet is about 8.63 Earth masses, and its diameter is about twice that the Earth. Those classify it as the first super Earth discovered around the main second stars, predating Gliese 866d by a year. It's very complicated some names. It takes less than 18, yes, 18 hours to complete an orbit, and it's in the innermost known planet in the planetary system. This planet was discovered on the 13th of August 2004. However, until the 2010 observation and recalculation, this planet has been through to take about 2.8 days to orbit to the stars. In October 2012, it was announced that this planet could be a carbon planet. And this part is very important because I said this is a planet for diamond lovers. And diamond is made with which element in in the nature, yes, carbon. And an alternative possibility is that this planet is a solid planet made of carbon-rich material rather than oxygen-rich materials that make up the terrestrial planet in the solar system. In that case, roughly a third of the planet's mass would be carbon, much of which may be in the form of diamond as a result of the temperature and pressure on its planet's interior. So imagine a planet full of diamonds inside. I think, I, I don't remember how many the, the price could be of this planet, but that will be very expensive. And think about it. If you mine this planet to get their diamond and you bring back to Earth, I think the price of the diamond will be just crushed because diamond will be everywhere. Everyone can have a diamond and that will not be interesting for profit. So if you if you plan to go there and take some diamonds, just a little. So the next one will be, okay, the hottest planet. I spoiled, but I think this one is the hottest. So Kelt... Yes, Kelt 9b is an exoplanet, more specifically, an ultra-hot Jupiter that orbits the late B-type, early A-type stars Kelt 9, located about 670 light-years from Earth. Detected using the kilo-degree extremely light telescope, the discovery of Kelt 9b was announced in 2016. As of January 2020, KELT-9b is one of the hottest known exoplanets, with day site temperature approaching 4,600 kelvins. It's very, it's very hot. Warmer than the many low-mass stars. Molecules on the day site are broken into their component atoms, such that normally sequestered refractory elements can exist as atomic species, including neutral and singly ionized atomic iron and slight slingly ionized titanium is very complicated. Only to temporarily reform once uh, they reach the cooler night side. Surprisingly, spectra taken in 2021 have unambiguously 
indicate a presence of metal dioxide and hydride in planetary atmosphere. Also, higher resolution spectra taken in 2021 have not found any molecular emission from planetary dayside. And the thermosphere layer of Kelt-9b is expected to heat up to 10,000-11,000 kelvins, so much hot, driven by ionization of the heavy metals atoms in like iron. Okay, so basically, it's, it's very, I have a lot of also planets to say, but it's not a subject about planets. But right now we will g discover some galaxies, the galaxies. So, a galaxy is a gravitational bound system of stars, stellar remnant, interstellar gas, dust, and dark matter. And the last one, uh, dark matter, is kind of magic. The word is derived from the Greek galaxy, literally Milky, in reference to the Milky Way. Galaxies range its size from dwarf with just a few hundred million stars to giants with 100 trillion stars, each orbiting its galaxy's centers of mass. Galaxies are categorized according to their visual morphology and as elliptical, spiral, or irregular. Many are through they have a supermassive black hole as a center. The Milky Way central black hole, known as Sagittarius R stars, has a mass of 4 million times greater than the Sun, so it's quite big. As of March 2016, GNZ11 is the oldest and most distant galaxy observed. He has coming distance of 32 billion light years from her and is seen as be existing just 4 million. Okay, I think the the, the number 32 billion light years is, is wrong because it's impossible. So I think the, that could be 30, 30, yes, 13 billion years because I think it's impossible. Okay, and in 2021, data from NASA's New Horizon space probes was used to revise the previous estimate to roughly 2 billion galaxies, which followed in 2016 estimate that there were 2 trillion or more galaxies in the observable universe. Overall, as many as estimated stars. So, it's, you have literally more stars than all the grains of sand on the planet Earth. Most of the galaxies are 1,000 to 100,000 parsecs in diameter, approximately three, maybe between 3,000 to 300,000 light years, and are separated by distance on the order of million parsecs or megaparsecs. For comparison, the Milky Way has a diameter of at least 30,000 parsecs, so it's around 100,000 light years, and it's separated from the Andromeda galaxy in the nearest the nearest large neighbor by 780,000 parsecs, so it's around 2.5 million light years. And for the galaxies, I can speak about the Milky Way, but I think I will speak about the biggest one. So EC1101 is a supergiant elliptical galaxy at the center of the Abde Abel 2029 galaxy cluster and is one of the largest known galaxies. Its halo extended about 600 kiloparsecs, so it's around 2 million light years from its core, and it has a total of about 10, 100 trillion stars, so it's upper the billion. 
The galaxy is located 320 megaparsecs, so it's around 1.04 billion years from Earth. The galaxy was discovered the 19th of June, 1780, so it's quite old, by the British astronomer Frederick William Edrich I, I think. And this is the biggest galaxies. And in terms of particular galaxies, we don't have lots of particular galaxies, except for this one, maybe. And now we can speak about the nebula, maybe the most beautiful things in the, in the universe. So a nebula, the Latin for cloud or fog, is a distinct body of interstellar cloud which can consist of cosmic dust, hydrogen, helium, molecular clouds, possibly as ionized gas. Originally, the term was used to describe any diffused astronomical object, including galaxies beyond the Milky Way. The Andromeda galaxy, for instance, was once referred as the Andromeda Nebula, as a spiral galaxy and generals as spiral nebula. Before the true nature of galaxies was confirmed in the early 20th century by Vesto Slipher, Edwin Hubble and others, Edwin Hubble discovered that most nebulas, nebulae are associated with the stars and illuminated by starlight. It also helped categorize nebulas based on the type of light spectra that they produced. Most nebulae are, the, are vast sized, some of hundreds of light years in diameter. A nebula that is visible to the human eye from Earth would be appear larger, but no brighter from close by. The Orion Nebula, the brightest nebula in the sky and occupying the air twice an angular diameter of the full moon, can be viewed with the naked eye but we missed by early astronomers. Also, denser than the space surrounding them, most nebula are far less dense than any vacuum created on Earth. A nebular cloud that the size of Earth would have a total mass of only a few kilograms. Many nebulas are visible due to, due to fluorescence caused by abundant hot stars, while others are so diffused that they can be detected only with long exposure and special filters. Some nebulae are very variably illuminated by tetori variable stars. Nebulae are often star-forming regions, such as a pillar of creation is a, in the Eagle Nebula. In this region, the formation of gas, dust, and other material clump together to form the denser region, which actually further matter and eventually will become dense enough to form stars. The remain the remaining material is then beloved to form planets and other planetary system objects. And now we will see maybe two, I don't know, maybe two very particular nebula. So the first one is the Tarantula Nebula. And she has also a lot of names, but very complicated name, and I don't want to make it. And this is this is basically the largest nebula in the universe. So initially it was thought that by a stars, but in 19, in 1751, Nicolas Louis de Lacaille was able to identify a nebula in nature. It's located 160,000 light years from Earth, and he has the higher star's birth rate than any other region in our galaxy. And also, like I said, the Tarantula Nebula is the largest known nebula. And the second one will be the Orion Nebula, maybe the most famous one. 
is a diffuse nebula situated in the Milky Way, being south of the Orion's belt in the constellation of Orion. It's one of the brightest nebula in the, and it's visible in the naked eye in the night sky. Mm, it's around 1.3 light years away and it's the closest region of the massive star formation to Earth. The M42 nebula is estimated to be 24 light years across. It has the, a mass of about 2,000 times that the Sun. And I say M42 because this is the... How can I say that? The scientific, scientific name of the Orion Nebula. Um, older texts frequently refer to the Orion Nebula as a Great Nebula in Orion or the Great Orion Nebula. The Orion Nebula is one of the most scrutinized and photographed objects in the night sky and is among the most inten intensively studied celestial features. The nebula has removed much about the process of how stars and planetary systems are formed from collapsing clouds of gas and dust. Astronomers have directly observed protoplanetary disks and brown dwarf within the nebula, intense in turbulent motion of gas, and the photoionized effect of massive nearby stars in the nebula. And dear listener, I think we can close this subject about stars. For me, this is my favorite subject, and I think I will remake some subject about this topic in general, maybe the most uh, known satellites or just our planetary system because I think you don't know a lot of things about our planetary system. So, dear listeners, thank you to listen to me today on Mushtar FN on this free topic program. And I can say see you later on, on Mushtar FM, not the same person, not the same topic on free topic, but at the same hours. So, see you. Bye.